0: Joining me right now on Kumite TV is UFC middleweight slash light heavyweight powerhouse, Eric Anders. What's going on, Eric?
1: Ain't nothing much, brother.
0: You're a former D1 baller, national champion with Alabama, Rob Gronkowski, recently retired at the age of 30. What are your thoughts on that and what does it mean for the sport when you got athletes retiring so young?
1: Well, I, I think the the thing to, with Rob Gronkowski is, man, dude, he's got all kinds of numbers. You know, he put up all kinds of uh, numbers for a tight end, and I'm not even sure how many full seasons he played. So I, I think that, um, you know, with him, he, uh, you know, just kind of realized that his body couldn't take it anymore. And, you know, I think that he's made plenty of money to last him the rest of his life, and I'm sure he'll miss the game, but. Man, you know, he's, he's got the account. His body's not happy, so, you know, you can go out there and, and, and party like it seems like he likes to do and, and do all those other things, not have to worry about, you know, sitting out of season or tearing this or tearing that. You know, he can like really live life to the fullest now.
0: Definitely, man. You got him on one side and you got Tom Brady, his teammate, on the other side. He's like 50 years old, still with his Super Bowls. How's he doing it, man?
1: with a lot of help from the NFL and the officials I think you know every time somebody, every time someone you know breathes too hard on Tom Brady it's a 15 yard penalty so you know they they try to keep him healthy you know keep keep his jersey clean and uh you know he he's the face of the NFL right now kudos to him you know he's uh you know he's working on that second hand with Super Bowl rings so man not taking anything away from him but you know, I think the uh, the NFL has assisted him a little bit from one combat sports to
0: another your last appearance in the octagon was at UFC 230, uh, 231. You dropped a split decision. Thoughts on your performance?
1: Um, you know, a- anytime you win or lose, there's always you know more that you could have done and things that you could have done better. Um, you know, uh, you know, Elias went out there, he did his thing, implemented his game plan, got on his bike, and you know, outpointed his way to a decision. You know, so kudos to him and you know uh not my style of fight but you know that's the fight i asked for so you know it is what it is so you know i've been up here working with uh mark montoya out here in uh denver for you know a little over a month now getting ready for this next fight And you know we kind of went back to square one started from scratch and you know um i think now i'll really be able to utilize my athletic ability uh be able to cut people off uh, in the octagon and uh you know Uh, have more output I think is also another issue of mine instead of just waiting on the power shot and trying to knock people out uh, you know kind of pepper them up a little bit to set up that power shot
0: you broke your hand (laughs) in that fight in the second round you know you got like Anthony Pettis he broke his hand he basically quit on the stool you went on and fought the rest of the fight how much did that affect you Uh, man
1: you know there's no quitting this dog you know but at the same time you know, you you break your hand. Uh, you know, it's my left hand, which is my, you know, where I, where I try to land the most. Um, you know, I think the thing that I took away the most is, you know, I, I failed to adapt to the situation. Uh, you broke your hand, uh, so you can't throw it with as much heat as you would. Um, but, you know, you got knees, kicks, elbows, the right hand. You know, there's plenty of things that I could have done to finish the fight. Takedowns. Uh, things like that. So, you know, I really didn't adapt very well. I, I kept throwing the left hand, but, you know, they just won a whole lot of pop on it. So, um, you know, he was able to eat them. Um, I still dropped them after I after it was broke. But, you know, as the rounds got on, it just, you know, it uh, started to swell up, so it gets harder and harder to, to make a fist. So, you know, I was kind of, you know, punching them with my knuckles uh, instead of the, the top of the fist. So, you know. It is what it is. You know, it's just one of those things you got to adapt on the fly, and I failed to do that, and it, uh, you know, led to a loss.
0: You have a few split decisions that didn't go your way. Many people believe you deserve those fights. Your record could be easily much better than it is right now. Does that ever run through your mind?
1: Uh, Not really, man. You know, you just, you know, take it on the chin, learn from it, and uh, try not to make the same mistake twice and, uh, you know, keep it moving. It is what it is, so. You know, you can't rewrite history, so, you know, it's already, you know, the ink's already dried in the book, and so I'm just trying to keep it moving and make sure it doesn't happen again.
0: You've taken some short-notice fights against some of the best guys in the world. At that moment in time, people respect the decision. They're like, he's one of the toughest guys out there. He'll fight anybody. But do you believe a lot of people forget, forget about those decisions that you made, that when you took those short-notice fights, they forget
1: about that? Uh, man, you know, this sport, I feel like much more than any other sport is what have you done for me lately kind of thing. So, you know, at the time, I'm like, hell yeah, he's the man. He did this. He did that. But, you know, at the end of the day, man, you got to win. So short notice, you know, full camp, whatever, man, you got to go out there performing and get W's. Otherwise, it's, you know, you know, it is what, it, you know, it's whatever. So, you know, I, I, winning fixes everything. So I think it's imperative that I go out there and get a victory. Uh, here in a few weeks.
0: Okay, in a few weeks, you're going to step into the cage at UFC 236 versus Khalil Roundtree. It's your first pay-per-view. You're positioned right before the two title fights. How does it feel to be in that slot?
1: Yeah, man, you know, I, I think that, you know, the fans are really going to enjoy, they really enjoy his fighting style. i mean, they enjoy my fighting style. There's, I don't think there's going to be a whole lot of running around or anything like that. I think we're going to meet in the middle and get right to work. And, you know, that's what fans like to see, man. They like to see people get knocked out. And it's either going to be him or me. And I'm fully confident in my ability to uh, to finish Khalil, uh, as I'm sure he is with me. So, you know, I think it'll be fun for the fans. And uh, I know it'll be fun for me.
0: Yeah, it's definitely going to be a barn burner. You guys are similar in many
1: aspects. But what separates you from Roundtree? Uh, I think I'm more well-rounded. You know, I, I can wrestle. I got jits. Um... You know, I don't think we're going to use a whole lot of that in this fight. He likes to stand and bang. I like to stand and bang. And I think he's a little bit more fast twitch uh, than I am, a little bit more explosive. Um, But, you know, I think the longer the fight goes on, the more it favors me. You know, he's shown to have cardio issues and get tired in fights, uh, you know, in the past, you know. So, you know, uh, I know that there will be a, you know, a hell of a stormy weather at first. But, you know, I'm fully confident in my ability to go out there and, uh, You know, every time I fight, I'm fighting for a bonus. So, uh, you know, there's no secret when I'm going to try and go out there and do.
0: You mentioned Factory X earlier. What exactly convinced you to go over there and work with that (laughs) successful team out there?
1: You know, I think the only team that had more UFC wins than Factory X was AKA this past year, you know, in 2018. And, uh, you know, I've been around Mark, you know. Met him in the when I fought Machida. And, uh, Anthony Smith was fighting Chiago uh, Santos. And just been around him, you know, uh, connected with him through my manager. Just really liked the way he articulates things and, you know, his coaching style. So, you know, like I said, I came out here, started from scratch, back to square, square one, really utilizing my athletic ability, uh, upping my fight IQ, um, as well as a variety, you know, uh, diversifying my strikes uh, and just overall game. So, you know, I think it's a good move, and uh, I think we're going to see a different Eric Anders come 13th. How is it training in the
0: Mile High City? You know, you're up really high up there, man.
1: Yeah, you know, that's another plus of being out here, man. You know, the, the air is thin, so your cardio gets better. Uh, you know, I definitely noticed, you know, maybe not so much like my stamina increased, but my recovery I recover a lot faster in between rounds, and, and you know. So, you know, I think that, you know, with him having cardio issues and my cardio being on point, you know, I think that's going to be the difference in the fight. You know, I'm going to be able to use my cardio as a weapon, push the pace, be in his face, and, uh, you know, it'll be fun.
0: What exact differences do you see in yourself at 205 compared to 185?
1: Man, you know, I, I, I can pretty much eat and do whatever I want, you know. uh. And I just try to keep my weight below 230. And, uh, you know, the weight cut's super easy. So, you know, probably not as aesthetically pleasing, uh, you know, when I is when I fight at 85. But, you know, it's, I'm not in a bodybuilding show or nothing like that. So I'm just going out here and, uh, you know, not really stressing about cutting weight. Uh, I, f- I felt good when I fought Chiago at 205. You know, I feel like, you know, we fought at a pretty good pace, especially on a short notice. So, you know, uh, my body feels good. Um, uh, I think when I fight at 85, I put on a little too much weight after I cut weight. So, you know, my body's used to walking around at this, but now I'm this and now I'm that. And, uh, you know, maybe just a little bit too heavy. So I think I'll be able to maximize my full athletic potential, uh, at 205. You've lost your last
0: two. Does the mentality change for you going into your next octagon appearance?
1: No, nah, not at all. You know, I'm go out there. Like I said, I'm fighting for a bonus every time I go out there. Um, you know, it is what it is. It's the nature of the sport. There's a winner. There's a loser. You know, there's only two people in there. So it's 50-50 chance that it could be you. So, you know, uh, I, I think it's, it's all the little things to help, you know, kind of up your chances of winning a fight. And I'm doing everything, dotting the I's, crossing the T's. Um, but at the end of the day, man, we're out there fighting with a four-ounce glove, so. You know, you've seen guys that, you know, like Gokan Saki, for example. You know, a dude has been through some wars and, you know, the kickboxing world gets touched one time by R- Roundtree and that's it. So, you know, the I think this is also the hardest sport to bet on because it, the knockout is always lo- looming, especially the higher up you go in weight classes. You know, that's why the heavyweights have only, there's only, like, Stipe is, has the record with, like, four title defenses. You know, you look at everybody else, welterweight. Uh, how many times the gsp you know defend the belt how many times did john jones defend the belt you know the the more you uh the high, the bigger the guy you know obviously you know the more power they pop they pack so you know the knockout is always looming in MMA. yeah definitely true you know, <laughs> you know last weekend wonderboy
0: got knocked out for the first uh, time that's in his crazy. career by anthony pettis and everybody didn't believe that that was going to happen
1: yeah, myself included, man. You know, uh, and I think up until that point, you know, it was going Wonderboy's way until, you know, he got hit. Like I said, you know, it, the, the knockout is always looming in MMA.
0: In the Colman event on the same night, Kevin Gastelum is going to face is- Israel Adesanya for the middleweight interim title. What are your thoughts on interim titles?
1: Oh man, it's it's, it's really a number one contender thing. You know, you you could throw the word interim on there, but you know, I I think that any true competitor, you know, doesn't acknowledge that, you know, this is the belt, you know? Um, So, you know, they're they're just fighting for the number one contender spot. I think Israel's going to go out there and uh, lay it on on, uh, uh, Calvin Gasol. I think that, you know, his range, he uses range really well. He understands distance. um, And he's so much bigger and longer than, uh, than, uh, than Calvin. So, you know, Calvin's got knockout power. I just don't think he's going to be get close enough to, to be able to use it. Another light heavyweight that's been in the news. He
0: also moved up from middleweight. Is your former opponent Tiago Santos? He seems like he's next in line to face John Jones. What are what are his chances? Do you believe against Jones?
1: Man, he's a wild card, man. You know he throws a lot of uh, you know crazy stuff. He does the capoeira stuff. Um, but I think that John Jones, he doesn't let anybody get started. As soon as they start to find the rhythm and the groove, you know, he, he throws like, a, like a, a teep kick or one of those oblique kicks, and he just totally disrupts your timing. Um, he's super long and athletic. He can wrestle, which I think is Chiago's, you know, weak spot. You know, he gets taken down uh, pretty easy. You know, John Jones got some missions. He can wrestle. He can strike. Um, and he figures people out pretty quickly. So, you know. Once again, four-ounce glove, knockout is always looming. But, now we really haven't seen anybody get close to hitting John Jones, really, except for Gustafsson, you know, in their first fight. And, you know, John Jones was out partying and having a good time before the fight. So, you know, I think now, you know, he's a little bit more focused and, uh, you know, honing in on his craft. And I just think, he, you know, he's probably going to retire as, you know, probably the greatest of all time. Was Santos the most powerful guy you have faced? Um, yeah, he certainly hit me the most. Um, and that, that you know that was a fun fight, man, to get in there and you know just trade and, and go back and forth with him. So, yeah, he, he's definitely the most powerful, the most skilled. Um, I can't think of anybody who's hit me harder. Um, you know, he, he he's a well-rounded guy, man. You know, he was able to get up every time I took him down. You know, I thought that uh, you know his his cardio would loom a little bit. I thought his cardio would uh, he had a lot more cardio than I thought, but you know, yeah, he's definitely the hardest guy. Hit me.
0: If you were Santos's coach going into that fight against Jones, what would be the game plan you would implement for Santos? Would you say like just go in there, empty the gas tank, first round, don't let John Jones figure you out?
1: Well man, John Jones, you're certainly not going five rounds with him, so you might as well go out there, get what you can get. Hopefully you clip him and uh, you know, make it ugly. But John Jones, you know, we've seen him make it ugly himself. So, you know, it's it's definitely a difficult puzzle to 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 figure to figure out. If it was me, I think I'd probably just go out there and you know, try to put it to John Jones and not let him get started, you know. But uh, you know, a lot easier said than done.
0: All right, one last thing before I let you go. Music and sports go together. What is on your playlist, you know, for this camp? What is getting you hyped to get into this fight against Roundtree?
1: Um, I listen to everything, you know, rap, house music. Um, You know, I'm really into the the house music. You know, I got house radio playing on my my Pandora. You know, I'm not really just a fan of the lyrics of modern hip-hop. So, you know, I, you know, I was out for a run one day and, you know, I was like, man, he's, I like the beat, but the lyrics suck. So why do I listen to music with lyrics? So I just, you know, kind of switch it up to some, you know, that beat puts you in the mood, you know, house music kind of stuff. No words, just, you know, a good beat, good vibe and, you know, keep it moving.
0: Is there any DJs that you can recommend to your fans?
1: Uh, man, what's my dog's name? Dead Dead Mal Five, I think his name is, or uh, Alessio. Uh, I think you know. I just kind of put it on and play, and every now and then I'm like, man, I like that. I look down, and you know, it's usually the same few guys.
0: All right, man. April thirteenth, UFC two thirty six pay per view. Thank you for your time, Eric, and uh, good luck to you, sir.
1: I hey, appreciate you having me,
0: brother.